Food Heals Podcast, Episode 42. The passions that I have now in nutrition, but, you know, so much more has happened even since then, and it's been a long journey to get me to here. Pamela, has anyone ever called you Saint Pamela? Because right now, (laughs) you're making me feel like I could be doing a lot more with my life. Holistic Voice presents the Food Heals Podcast with your hosts, Alison Melody and Susie Hardy. Join the Food Hills Nation and learn the secrets to go from feeling unwell to healing yourself. Warning, side effects of this podcast may include increased health and vitality, thoughts of living longer, an increase in sexual activity, feelings of joy, cravings for kale and quinoa, and a spike in Tinder matches. In real cases, women have experienced a strong desire to stop asking their boyfriends if they look fat and stress. If you experience any of these symptoms, post a selfie to Instagram immediately. Welcome to the Food Heals Podcast. I'm Allison Melody. I'm Susie Hardy. Our guest today is Pamela Ferguson. Pamela is a registered dietitian and nutritionist. And she's a marathon runner. Pamela follows a vegan diet and is going to tell us how she stays thin by intermittent fasting. I can't wait to hear about that. And she's going to tell us some tips for meditation and the power of self-care and a morning routine that you have to follow. And before she was a guest on this show, she was a listener. That's right. Pamela listened to our show and she emailed us about all the amazing things that she is doing and all the value that she could provide. And so, of course, we were thrilled to have her on. But before we get to our interview, we have to tell you about our sponsor. Our sponsor today is Thrive Market. Thrive Market is an amazing new company that is really, it's a game changer. It's changing everything. It really is. Are you trying to live a more healthy life but find organic and non-toxic products too expensive or hard to find? Then thrivemarket.com is the online shopping club for you. Like the Costco meets Whole Foods for everything healthy online, you'll get the best brands and the best groceries up to 50% off retail prices. And this is shipped nationally to your door um, for free. I, I don't like to use this phrase often, but that really is a game changer. I know. It is switching everything up, What that like the whole paradigm of healthy food shopping, because you always think, oh, it's going to cost a lot of money, but it doesn't. I checked it out. Food Heals Nation, it really, it's a great site. I know. So I got my almond butter down the street and it was $12 and at Thrive Market, it's like 7 That's so, amazing. Yeah, exactly. It's fantastic. I know. So And reasonable. I know. So they have all the products that I'm already paying full price for, like Tom's toothpaste, Nativa coconut oil, Justin's almond butter, like I just mentioned, Gaia's herbs, turmeric, which I take like a banshee. I love it. And it's all at a fraction of the cost. And Susie, they have organic dog toys and dog treats too. Oh, all our puppy cheerleaders would love to hear that. Obi, Jackson, and Charlotte. I know. There are babies that are always in the studios with us. I know. (laughs) And the holidays will be here before we know it, so it's a great place to buy gifts. Yeah, I'm in love with this really, really cute organic nail polish set they have, and it's like metallic red and gold glitter. It's perfect for the holidays, and I was thinking of getting it for my sister's-in-law, or maybe just myself. You're not supposed to shop for yourself. (laughs) Oh, really? I always do. (laughs) Don't you? Yeah, I do. I was just giving you grief. That's okay. I'll take it. And the best part about Thrive Market is when you become a member thrivemarket.com will donate a free membership to a low-income family, a teacher, or a military family so that, you know, we can all thrive together. This makes it more affordable and more accessible for everyone to be healthy. I love working with companies that have good hearts and like, like are truthful. Exactly. And they're doing something good with the money that they have. And 
it's just something you got to get behind. That's right. So that's why we scored an exclusive discount for Food Heals Nation. That's right. You never have to pay full price for healthy food again. Go to thrivemarket.com slash foodheals to start your free two-month trial and get 15% off your first order. That is a very cool deal, Food Heals Nation. I don't know of anywhere else where you could get your health, your household, and your beauty products or food so cheap. So sign up today at thrivemarket.com slash foodheals. The Food Heals Podcast starts now. Today, we're here with a very cool guest, Pamela Ferguson. Pamela is a registered dietitian and a registered public health nutritionist with a PhD in nutrition. She has visited over 50 countries and worked as a dietitian in North America, Europe, Africa, and Asia. Pamela is fascinated by nutrition and loves incorporating wellness and fitness into her life. She eats a whole foods, plant-based diet and loves to cook and bake with her four children, teaching them about food and nutrition through shopping for and preparing colorful, healthy family meals together. And she has completed five half marathons and one marathon and believes in the power of activity to really help improve our mental and physical health. Welcome, Pamela. Hi, thank you so much for having me on as a guest. Thanks for being here. Thanks for contacting us. We know that you're a listener and we just really, really appreciate that. Thanks. Yeah, I'm a big fan. I love hearing your podcast. Awesome. Well, we're so glad to hear that. And tell us about you. What? Who are you? What do you do? Tell us everything. <laughs> well, I live in Toronto, Canada, uh-huh. and I am a dietitian. I work in private practice and I work primarily with encouraging people to eat more plants. I really believe in the power of plants to heal. And I really believe in encouraging everyone to increase the plant content of their diet. And, you know, I've come to this through a long road of education and also personal experience. And um, I'm really passionate now about the power of plants. Absolutely. And you know, Susie and I are very passionate about the power of plants as well. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. So tell us your story. Like, how did you come into this? How did you start? I started first thinking that I might want to become a medical doctor. And when I was in university, I went to a talk where they were speaking about nutrition and they were talking about how almost every disease that is a chronic disease has some nutritional cause, like is related to nutrition in some way. And once I heard that, I just felt that prevention is so important and felt that I really wanted to study nutrition. I didn't want to be only thinking of treatment. I wanted to be thinking about prevention and wanting to know what we could do with prevention. So I became passionate about nutrition and went and um, studied for a nutrition degree and then became a dietitian. And I really wanted to work with people who were experiencing like inequalities to health, people who had difficulty accessing health care. And I went to work in Vancouver's downtown east side, uh, which is Canada's poorest postal code, the poorest region in Canada. Mm-hmm. And um, I was working with people who had a lot of challenges, you know, homelessness, addictions, um, mental health issues. And a lot of my practice focused on HIV. 
Mm-hmm. And I loved my job there, um, but I really wanted to uh, expand beyond what I was doing and see what we could take from what we had already learned about HIV and nutrition in North America. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to go and work in Africa. Wow. Yeah, which was at the time, it just seemed like an impossible dream, actually, to do that. (laughs) And uh, I also felt ill-equipped. Like, I felt like I wasn't ready yet. Like, I I knew that just because I had worked with HIV in North America, that didn't mean that I had all of the experience and skills and knowledge necessary to work in a totally new context that where I'd never even visited before. So I went and did a master's degree in Sweden. And when I was in Sweden, I got the opportunity to write a proposal for a research project um, looking at severe malnutrition and HIV in children in Malawi. And that became my PhD project. And I went, I traveled back and forth between Malawi and the UK where I was studying for my PhD and um, also teaching and uh, collected my data and did my research with a team in Malawi. And yeah, I mean, that was kind of laying the foundation for the passions that I have now in nutrition. But, you know, so much more has happened even since then. And it's been a long journey to get me to here. Pamela, has anyone ever called you Saint Pamela? Because right now (laughs) you're making me feel like I could be doing a lot more with my life. Well, you know what? There's still more to tell. So, no, no one's ever called me St. Pamela. Well, we will. We call it. We're calling you St. Pamela right now. (laughs) That's very sweet. Well, you know, I continued to work in HIV and nutrition for several more years. I actually lived in the United States for a while. I worked for an organization called Food and Nutrition Technical Assistance in the United States. And I um, traveled. to Africa and to Asia, and we were supporting programs that were funded through USAID, the the donor uh, part of the U.S. government, the aid portion. And so um, we were working in countries there, and and my husband and I, we were living in D.C., and it was great to be in the States. And, you know, we at that time had, uh, while we were in D.C., we had uh, a little girl, and her name is Fern, Aww. and she's a, you know just the a light of our life, just like such a little delight. And she's five years old now. Aww. And we really wanted to have more children. Mm-hmm. Actually, in the process of trying to get pregnant with Fern, we had five miscarriages along the way. Wow! And that was you know an incredibly painful time, but it was a real time of growth for us too. And at the time that we were trying to get pregnant, we started considering adoption and Mm -hmm. we thought that that would probably be the way that we would complete our family. And then we had our, you know, miracle baby, but we didn't forget about what we had learned about adoption Mm -hmm. and how many, especially older children were in the, you know, children's aid system waiting to be adopted. And so, We were feeling really convicted about that, and we would have had to wait at least five years in the States to adopt because we didn't have permanent residency. Mm -hmm. And so we decided to move 
to Canada so that we would be able to adopt here. So we, we came up to Toronto mm-hmm. and, and we did, we adopted, we adopted within one year of moving back here through the public system in Canada. And we adopted three amazing, wonderful kids who came into our life three years ago. Wow. Um, all at once? Yes, all at once. <laughs> oh my God, St. Pamela. <laughs> Wow, that's amazing. I don't know anyone who's done anything like that. (laughs) You know, it's, I would never pretend that it is a small thing. Like anyone who's listening, who's thinking about adoption, like it has been an amazing journey. It's inspiring. Our kids inspire me every day, Mm -hmm. but it is hugely challenging. It makes the PhD work that I did look like a walk in the park (laughs) by comparison. (laughs) It is, it is tough stuff. Again, St. Pamela. (laughs) (laughs) But um, our kids uh, are birth siblings, so they've been together their whole life, which is great. Mm -hmm. But they had lived in quite a few different foster homes and had a lot of trauma in their background. And so, you know, there was a lot of healing that need to hap- needed to happen in their lives and still ongoingly there is. And, you know, food has been a part of that along with, you know, a lot of other like family therapy and attachment therapy that we've done mm-hmm. together as a family. Food has also played an important role in helping our kids become more stable and become calmer and feel safer. And what kind of diet do they follow that really helps with this healing process? Well, when our children first came to live with us, mm-hmm. they were really used to eating a lot of processed foods like Kraft Dinner and, you know, that's, Hamburger that's, Helper. That's macaroni and cheese for all Americans. My oh, hus- yeah. Sorry. My, my husband's from Vancouver. He calls it Kraft Dinner. It's mac and cheese. <laughs> mac and cheese, yeah. But I'm talking mac and cheese, like the powdered kind, like the, the, the powdered sauce. It's not even like homemade mac and cheese. Right, right. right. And our kids were kind of, that's where their taste buds were at, right, when they first came. And so we didn't make a really rapid transition. We made a slow progression Mm -hmm. of getting them like any vegetables they did like. We, they always liked broccoli. So we always like to serve broccoli and peppers and carrots and things like that, but just really started to slowly turn the tide of their taste. And it goes beyond just getting them to eat the food. It's getting them like inspired about food, like doing the shopping with us, going to our local organic market so they can see the food and see the bright colors. And we also love to watch um, Junior MasterChef with them because they can see other kids being excited about food. And now our oldest son wants to become a chef because he's seen other kids like being passionate about food. And he believes now that he could do that. And I believe that through food because all our kids can cook now um well okay not our five-year-old she can't cook on her own but (laughs) they she can help but all of our older children can cook a meal for the family and they do cook and that has given them a lot of self-confidence and we have been like i'm vegan and my husband is vegetarian but we've been gradually transitioning the children to a plant-based diet and they they still do eat some meat maybe about once a week. I have a cousin who has a beef farm and we do get 
some meat from him, mm-hmm. but we only have meat about once a week and, and we're even like going to be reducing that further. And, you know, my husband and I aren't eating that meat, but our kids do still have it once in a while. But I believe that through the food that we've been eating, it's been helping our children to get a lot calmer. That's been, you know, an important part of just helping them feel safe and feel loved and feel important. You know, like when you are eating food that is healthy and is made from scratch and is beautiful, then and especially when you're involved in preparing it too, then you feel good about yourself. Absolutely. There's something to home cooking and putting love into that food that you are making for your family with your children alongside you. I think that probably adds to not only the nutritional value, I I really believe that the energy you put into home cooking really affects the people that eat it. Do you agree? I completely agree. And actually, I know that's something that's been talked about on this podcast before. Yes, it has. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I know we were talking about like massaging the love into the kale, right? Yeah. (laughs) She really has been listening. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And I, you know, I had a big smile on my face when I heard that because I'm just, you know, thinking about that so often now when I'm cooking with my kids and for my kids, just thinking about how the heart that I have, the the love that I have is translating into the food and to really always trying to bring intention and bring purpose and bring positivity to the kitchen. And I have a mantra for myself uh, mm-hmm. that I tell myself that I really need to be eating the healthiest possible food in order to be able to handle the tough times, like the, cause times are stressful sometimes with work and family and, you know, the trauma that our kids have experienced. And, and I tell myself, you know, you need the very best possible food as fuel to be able to do all of this, to be able to do this and stay on like a high vibration, like a positive energy, because I'll be honest that when the kids first came, like it was hard to even get time to breathe or to shower or anything. Mm-hmm. It was um, super busy. And there were times where I would just like go and get like baking chocolate chips, you know, and just like get a handful of chocolate chips and just like toss them into my mouth for energy. And just, mm-hmm. but that's like, that energy is just a, it's a quick fix, but it's not a deep nourishing energy. You know, it's not food really nourishing our soul as well as our body properly. And, you know, I, I definitely value that, uh, the importance of really nourishing with really healthy food. And I think that, that a plant-based diet in particular is valuable to just bring such a positive feeling to the kitchen. Yeah, we totally agree. And tell us about like, what is the 30-day whole foods plant-based cleanse? Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yes. So I have developed a 30-day whole foods plant-based cleanse. um, And I absolutely love this cleanse. And um, it is, there's a lot of smoothies. So you start your day with a smoothie. There are fresh juices, but then there's also a lot of just really healthy foods. We have whole grains and there's lots of tasty soups. Like one of my favorites is the um, carrot uh, coconut soup, which is absolutely gorgeous. Um, yum. Yum. <laughs> 
And we've even got tacos and everything is vegan. Everything is super healthy. We don't have any processed foods. We don't have any. I shouldn't say we should have no added sugars because we do have dates and we have like those natural um, sweeteners, but mm. we don't have any just added white sugar into into the cleanse. And it is amazing. I've actually just been doing it for the last 30 days mm-hmm. and I feel great. And I'm actually going to do it again in November because it just gives me so much energy. The recipes are amazing. So it's up on my website and uh, it's at PamelaFerguson.com forward slash cleanse. And you get all the recipes, you get all of the shopping lists, you get a cleanse calendar to show what to eat, and you get an amazing cleanse guide that uh, takes you through all of the tips of how to really get the most out of your cleanse. Okay, that's awesome. I'm signing out right now. (laughs) Carrot coconut soup. I'm in. Yeah, just for that recipe alone. I need the carrot coconut in my life. (laughs) It's good. It's really good. (laughs) That's awesome. And what are like the benefits of doing this 30-day cleanse? Well, you are going to reduce the inflammation in your body in this 30 days. And um, I think of this as a kickstart to health. Like it's not, it's not just like do this for 30 days and then go back to food behaviors that aren't as healthy and think that you're done with your, you know, it's, it's about starting um, habits that are going to continue even after the cleanse. And so in your body, actually, we have a lot of inflammation. Inflammation comes from so many different sources in our life, but food is one part of that. And if, you are eating a plant-based diet, you will reduce inflammation Mm -hmm. through the diet that you're eating. And, you know, you, there's a lot of other tips in the cleanse guide about self-care, like skin brushing and, and showers that are like warm and then cool and different ways that you can, you know, meditate and things that you can be doing to reduce the inflammation in your life and in your body. And inflammation is the source of most of the disease that we encounter in our lives. So as much as we can be reducing inflammation in our in our diet um, and in our bodies, it's helpful. And the other thing that is so valuable about this cleanse is that you will change your taste. Really, your taste buds will change quickly in this three-phase cleanse. So there's 10 days for each phase. And you will notice even in the first phase, even in the first 10 days, that you start to smell things. Like I was walking past a greengrocer the other day, and I could smell the strawberries from like wow. on the street. Yeah. Like, you just your senses are so heightened and I'm starting to crave flavors like I'm craving like lemon juice I'm craving coriander I'm craving uh, like Italian parsley I'm craving all these garlic I'm craving all these like super healthy seasonings instead of craving like sugar Mm -hmm. and salt and things that we just we like you know, get used to those things. And so then we start, you know, we crave those unhealthy foods. But when you um, drop those foods out of your life and, you know, go through that few days of kind of withdrawal from those at the beginning, then um, you'll just get this wave of cravings for super healthy foods and you'll just have more energy and it's going to be just like a clean, sustained energy instead of your blood sugar going up and down, up and down all the time from eating processed sugary foods. 
Yeah, and it's so true that your taste buds and your cravings will change because they I, will. You know, I've done multiple cleanses throughout my life and they've been different varying types of cleanses, but every time those cravings go away. And when then when you get done with the cleanse, if you don't keep up most of those habits, then the bad cravings come back because you start eating the bad food again. So I know from experience that to be true. And now, you know, I maintain such a clean diet that I don't have them as bad anymore. You know, I still have a few, but it's like, you're, you will change. And that's what a lot of people don't get is like, you think like you do the cleanse and you go back to eating your McDonald's. But if you don't, you're not going to crave the McDonald's. It's only your, your mental mind that wants the McDonald's. It's not your cravings anymore. Well, it's all about being satiated, right? And so when we have those fast foods that are overloaded with salt and sugar and unhealthy fats, that's what we get used to. And when we remove that and realize that the fresh tasting fruits and vegetables and herbs and different types of textures are just as satisfying, if not more so, once you remove mm-hmm. that overload of bad stuff. I totally agree with you. And I mean, even before I started the cleanse, I was already on a healthy vegan diet, but I still have noticed lots of benefits. I will admit I had a little bit of a love affair uh, with well, I should say lust maybe with uh, soy frappuccinos and I was having (laughs) one once in a while. And when I say once in a while, it might have been just about every day. And (laughs) I that was one thing that I'm just so happy that this month has allowed me to, you know, release that craving for because, you know, it was I was sort of having it as an extra little boost, um, you know, an energy boost. But I would way rather just have the natural boost of like the energy that I get from making myself a beet and carrot and ginger juice. You know, it's so much better for me. Absolutely. And we talk about this too. It's like, okay, coffee isn't the worst thing you can have, but if you have it in a frappuccino with all that sugar and all that dairy, then it probably is the worst thing you can have. So that's great that you made this Absolutely. Switch. Yeah, because juicing can give you so much energy. Everyone wants that coffee buzz, but the juice will give you that energy without the crash. So why not try the juice instead? Totally. I completely agree with you. (laughs) Okay. Now tell us about this intermittent fasting and how it helps you stay thin. I'm really into this. Yeah. This is, uh, this is like an amazing secret. This is like the secrets your older sister tells you or something. But (laughs) so I follow a pattern of intermittent fasting and there's a few different ways to do intermittent fasting. But what I do is I follow the 16-8 pattern of fasting. So that means that instead of just fasting overnight, as most of us do, like fasting from the time, whatever, when you stop eating at night until the next morning when you have your breakfast, or we call it breaking your fast breakfast, I extend that that period further. So I usually fast for around 16 hours of the day and eat for around eight hours of the day. Okay. Um, yeah. And so it's kind of as simple as that in terms of actually doing it. But benefits are amazing. Definitely, it helps to control weight without having to think about it too much. Um, You know, I don't have to be calorie counting or anything like that. Uh, I just eat a healthy diet and eat as I feel hungry or as I want to during that eight-hour period. And it's also a really anti-inflammatory thing. Like fasting is very, very effective at reducing inflammation in your body. But fasting is hard. Like some people try to fast for like 
24 hours or even two days or, you know, I don't do that. I think that that is, that is really challenging and hard, but actually just having a brief, uh, you know, fast every day, like a 16 hour fast every day is not very hard, especially once you get in the habit of it. It's all about habits. And let's talk about the meaning of what a fast is, because I feel like some people might be like, okay, fasting is too extreme. I shouldn't do that for too long. But breakfast Mm -hmm. means break fast. So this is ingrained in our culture and our language that we do need to fast. And that's what going to sleep is. You're fasting, right? But you're, you're saying to do it longer than just your sleep cycle. So what periods of the day does your eight hours usually fall in? Like, are you 12 to eight? Are you nine to six? What, what are your hours like? Usually I do um, nine to six, but I do sometimes do like 11 to seven or it depends like if I have um, some social plans or something, I shift my hours around and it's lovely that it can be flexible like that. Uh, You know, if I'm meeting up with friends um, for breakfast or something, then I could switch my hours or I can just take a day and say, okay, you know what? I'm not going to fast today. I'm just going to eat, you know, a normal pattern of eating, like uh, eat in in, in a more extended, like maybe 12 hours of eating and I won't fast today. And then that's no big deal. Then the next day I just get back onto um, fasting again. And, you know, when I used to put the kids to bed, bed at the end of the day I would have a little snack at like you know 9 30 or 10 o'clock or something at night I would have a little snack this was like years ago and um that snack was often not something healthy it would be like maybe a biscuit or cookie or something um and I realized that snack was not doing me any favors like that was not helpful I would often like sit on the sofa and be watching something on YouTube and having a snack like not really um something that was feeding my soul. So I decided to give up that snack and try to use that time more for self-care or for organizing for the next day. And for the first little while, I missed that snack. But then, you know, once I got through the first week or two of not having it, I never thought about it anymore. And I think so much of our eating is habitual and is not really driven by hunger. It's just by habit. And we've become a culture that like where we snack all the time, like we're snacking like until 10 o'clock at night or something. And we don't really need to be doing that. Right. And so, um, I think we, we can really benefit physically and emotionally from taking a break from eating and being able to focus on other things in our lives and giving our body a chance to, um, take a break from digestion and to use that energy for healing in ourselves and regulating our blood sugar and um, cellular repair and all the things that um, our body does so well when we're fasting. Absolutely. All right. So I know that exercise is a big part of your routine too. You're into running and speed walking and yoga. And what is the role of activity in your health and how do you promote that to your clients and your family? Tell us about that. Yeah, so I really believe in the power of activity to um, help us to regulate our mood and feel good about ourselves, and it's um, boosting for our health as well as obviously helping us to um, control our weight too. And um, I have done lots of running in the last few years, and then I decided to switch 
to um, speed walking. Mm -hmm. And I love walking. Like this summer, I actually did a 100-kilometer walk around Toronto. Mm -hmm. I set myself the challenge of doing 100 kilometers in 24 hours. Awesome. And uh, I did it. I did 16 hours of walking, and then I just took some breaks. Like I stopped to have lunch and had a little nap and stuff. But I absolutely love being out and um, having a few hours of the day if I can manage it to get a walk. And I get up early in the morning and go for a walk. Increasingly lately, I've been switching to yoga just for a more introspective time. And I feel like I've done so many miles on my feet and my body really needs that restorative time now. Mm -hmm. um, I need to spend some time in pigeon pose to like <laughs> <laughs> loosen up those hips. But uh, I think the secret with activity and with exercise is to um, find what works for you and what you love. And it shouldn't be something that, you know, you're forcing yourself to do. It should be something that, you know, that you just love to do and that you're getting the benefit from and never feel that there's one particular thing that you have to do. Like if it's dancing around with your kids in the kitchen, or if it's going to Zumba, or if it's running or walking or, you know, rock climbing or whatever it is that, that, is your um, exercise inspiration, then that's what you should do. I absolutely agree because not every exercise is for everybody and some people thrive at doing different exercises. Yeah, and I think it even can change for, for one person. Like sometimes I love like doing – really intense workouts like I've done the insanity program mm -hmm. or you know I've um, done weightlifting and stuff and other times I really just love going for a walk with friends and so it varies and I think you've got to follow what what your heart tells you and what you feel that you need but get out there and be active because it's so important for our health it's definitely not healthy for us to be sitting and there's been lots of research lately showing us the dangers of spending too much time sitting and so being active is super important. And uh, actually, if you've ever heard of the Blue Zones, which are places in the world where um, they've seen people who have who tend to have great longevity live into their 80s, 90s, even into past 100, and they're still um, able to be mobile and healthy. Um, activity is a common thread there, as is a plant-based diet. These people eat a lot of plants, and they also tend to be active. They don't just sit at desks all the time. And so these are good lessons we can be learning and implementing in our lives. Absolutely. You're not the first person to bring up the blue zones. I feel like <laughs> we've heard so much about the blue zones lately. We have to do a whole episode on just Definitely. the blue zones. Definitely. Yeah. yeah, you should. All right. So we're going to come back to Pamela because I know you have a lot of tips on the power of habit and morning and evening self-care routines and how to take care of yourself first. And I really want to hear about the facial acupuncture, an amazing non-surgical facelift. Food Heals Nation, if you're like us, you care a lot about the food that you put into your body because you know that food heals. The problem is that good, healthy food can be extremely expensive, but it doesn't have to be. That's why we were thrilled to discover Thrive Market. ThriveMarket.com is like the Costco for everything healthy online. That's right. It's an online shopping club offering the best brands and groceries up to 50% off retail prices. Ship nationally for free. They have brands that I buy all the time like Simply Organic, Garden of Life, Dr. Bronner's, 
Toms, Nutiva, 7th Generation, Gaia, and so many more. So basically everything I'm already buying at Whole Foods, right? Exactly, but at 25 to 50% off. And you can easily filter everything by your preferences. Gluten-free, vegan, raw, non-GMO, organic, and even fair trade. But what I love most about Thrive Market is their charitable cause. For every paid membership, ThriveMarket.com donates a free membership to a low-income family, a teacher, or a military family. How awesome is that? This is a game changer, Food Heals Nation, because you never have to pay full price for healthy foods again. That's why we scored an exclusive discount for you. Yes, so check out Thrive Market and get two months free membership plus 15% off your first order. Join the movement at thrivemarket.com slash foodheals. You're listening to the Food Heals Podcast. Make sure to subscribe, rate, and review us on iTunes. All right, Food Heals Nation, we're back with Pamela Ferguson. Pamela is a registered dietitian and a registered public health nutrition, and she actually has a PhD in nutrition. Her website is PamelaFerguson.com. Pamela is spelled P-A-M-E-L-A, and Ferguson is F-E-R-G-U-S-S-O-N. And next, we have her tips on the power of habit, morning and evening self-care routines, and my favorite topic, facial acupuncture, an amazing non-surgical facelift. Okay, well, I'm going to actually start with that because this is like, this is a really hot tip. So for people who don't want to go under the knife and are looking for a more natural alternative, try and find an acupuncturist who's a specialist in facial acupuncture because I cannot believe the difference in my face. I've been having facial acupuncture now um, for the last, I guess, two or three months. They start out with, um, well, my acupuncturist and we start out with weekly appointments and then we've gone now to once every couple of weeks and soon we'll be switching to once a month for maintenance. But my wrinkles, which like, okay, I had a few in my forehead, particularly those little lines between your eyebrows. I don't know if you get those, but they are gone. Like it is, my face looks so much, uh, so much smoother and I love it. So definitely consider that instead of a facelift. If you're, if you're thinking about it, maybe try acupuncture first as a more natural alternative. Pamela, I have to tell you, it's so funny when I saw that you were coming up on our schedule and this is one of the things you wanted to talk about. I have a very good friend who's finishing up acupuncture school and just a few days before she was like, I just had facial acupuncture. It's amazing. Who wants to try it? And I saw this. I'm like, oh my God, synchronicity. I want to try it because I am a trained massage therapist and I know that all of those wrinkles are just knots in the muscles in our face. So of course, acupuncture, which will relax those muscles, hence relax the wrinkles, would totally work. Yeah, absolutely. So definitely give it a try. And it's definitely less expensive than surgery and it's less invasive and surgery is so unnecessary in this case. So I'm really excited to try it as well. I know I've been to an acupuncture studio that does this and they, you know, they do a series of, I think, 10 to make mm-hmm. you to really get rid of everything. And um, I haven't done it yet, but I've been considering it. So this is my second time really hearing about this. So I'm excited as well. Yeah. And you know what? Actually, I have to say that when you're saying that we've got synchronicity, I've been noticing so much of that in my life lately. Like 
I find that lately I'm saying something and then like it's happening <laughs> kind of <laughs> it's it's this and I think it's like this combination maybe of um you know this really positive place that I'm in in my life and then the cleanse that I'm doing eating really positive healthy foods and then also you know the yoga that I'm doing and just I'm I think that like I be- I am believing in the idea of manifesting like you say something and believe something and and imagine it in your mind and uh and then it's it's coming to you as long as it's you know something that's beautiful and spiritual and positive I think that those things will come to you if you're in a good place and so um yeah that's another one of my tips is about is about manifesting and about um about just believing and the power of positivity. I couldn't agree more. And it's like, you can vision these things, you can write them down. If you truly believe in them, your subconscious doesn't know the difference between reality and what you're making up in your head. And so if you're envisioning all this, it's going to come true. It's going to happen for you. And I know that sounds a little woohoo, but we had a doctor on the show tell us this. And so now we're backed up by a doctor, everyone. So Susie and I and Pamela are not just making this (laughs) stuff up. We're not just woohoo hippies saying, believe. believe it it, and it'll come true it's really really true and it's really really important that you know you can make these changes in your life so simply so I love that concept I love that too and you asked me about the power of habit and about my morning routine and taking care of myself first and I think those are important underpinnings to be able to be in the right place to be able to manifest things and be positive enough to, to start to see that abundance in your life and I don't know if you're a morning person. I am a morning person. And so I do my self-care routine in the morning. But if you're an evening person, you could do it in the evening instead. But it's about taking that time to, you know, I get up, I do my skincare routine, I do my skin brushing, I like to have a shower that is uh, warm, and then I turn it to cool at the end, and that's really invigorating, like you'll feel almost as if you've had a cup of coffee, like it is just, it's, and it's so good for your skin, because that hot water really dries out your skin. It's hydrotherapy, right? That's right, that's That's what you tell yourself. The key is, when it gets, when the water gets cool, the key is to um, just stay calm, just breathe calmly, do your yoga breathing, and, uh, and then you'll feel so good, and then you know, you can turn it back to warm again before you get out if you like. It's easier for you girls in California than when you're in Canada trying to have a cold Yes. Shower. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Anyway, but I think, you know, I do those things, then I come and I do my meditation. I'm actually doing the meditation from uh, Srimati, which is the meditation from Rich Roll's wife. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you can get that meditation from their website, but it's an amazing meditation. I've been doing it for the last few months. And I think that's been a big part actually of me just feeling balanced and feeling positive throughout the day because my days can be pretty tough. I'll say like still my kids really still have a lot of like you know, behavioral issues and fear and uh, a lot of trauma things still coming up, but we're still doing a lot of family therapy even three years down the line. And, uh, you know, I'm also, you know, working in my practice and trying to, you know, organize and plan healthy meals and all that stuff is a lot on my plate. And I'm finding since I've been meditating and since I've been really following that self-care routine in the morning um, and 
getting outside, trying to get out for a walk, all of those things are helping me to stay positive. Um, and when, when I am positive, then everyone around me finds it easier to be positive too. Like I think mom plays an important role in the family. And when mom's shining her light, it makes it easier for the kids to do it too. Oh, that's so beautifully said. And it's true. When you shine your light, you give others permission to shine theirs. And you're showing this beacon of happiness and healthiness. And that does rub off on people, you know, energy rubs off on people. So surround yourself with people that do that and be that yourself. Absolutely. So I love that. Okay, tell us about juicing and smoothies. What are your tips? What do you do? Okay, well, I don't actually add a lot of boosters to my smoothies. I used to add more things to my smoothies. And oftentimes I felt like when I added too many things, all of a sudden the smoothie just didn't really taste very good anymore. Mm -hmm. Um, That's just to to my taste buds. But uh, I found that I just prefer to just have the fruits and the vegetables myself. And then the smoothies just taste amazing. And so then if it tastes really good, then you're more likely to keep drinking them and had to have them every day. And my hottest tip about juices and smoothies is don't mix um, berries and greens because, well, you can. It's certainly healthy. And if you don't mind drinking brown juice, then then it's no problem. But that kind of turns me off. I really like my smoothies and juices to be really pretty. And so when I'm doing a smoothie, I'll mix like, like yellow and orange, like pineapple, orange, mango, papaya, those things mix really well with greens and you get a beautiful vibrant color. If you're doing a berry-based smoothie, you can mix like with bananas, with but don't I wouldn't anyway throw greens in because then it will turn brown. So, you're talking about the people that are going to take a selfie of their smoothie and put it on Instagram to make it look pretty, right? Have you been looking <laughs> at my Instagram account? <laughs> you do have a really nice one. Where can everyone find you on Instagram? I'm uh, P Ferguson at uh, on Instagram. I think <laughs> actually I don't use Instagram that much, but when I do Instagram, it is often me with a smoothie. I'm like super active on Twitter at Dr. Pamela RD, and also on Facebook at Dr. Pamela RD. Awesome, I love it. Okay, do you have any more tips? Yeah, in terms of in terms of nutrition, my biggest tips are really simple. They're just make sure to eat foods that have lots of color. So if you're eating a colorful plate, you know, and that color is coming from fruits and vegetables, then you are probably eating a really healthy diet. And if you're also eating a lot of fiber, if you watch your fiber intake, then you will be eating a healthy diet. I think it's probably impossible to eat a high fiber diet that is unhealthy. It's just impossible. So we tend to be really worried in North America about protein. You know, am I getting enough protein? And and uh, instead we should be thinking about fiber because we're all getting enough protein. Like I have not met anybody um, in North America who's protein deficient, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, it's unless that person is really sick. It's, it's uh, of the people who are healthy and well, we're getting enough protein. Um, it's, we should be focusing on fiber instead. Yeah. I mean, there's so many common themes that come up on the podcast. So we just had Dr. Garth Davis on, who's the author of Proteinaholic. And his whole thing is no one's dying of a protein deficiency. Exactly. I love Garth Davis. And, (laughs) uh, you know, I follow him and definitely believe that um, advice as well. 
Yeah, and he talks a lot about the fiber too. So how are some ways that people can incorporate more fiber into their diet? I think this is really important to touch on. Yeah, so number one would be fruits and vegetables, again, because they are really high in fiber. Your smoothie is a better choice for fiber than your juice. Your juice is also really valuable. You're getting lots of nutrients, but you are missing out on the fiber. So do try to have some smoothies as well. This is a great time of the year to start having more soups, and soups can be packed full of fiber when you're having lots of um, vegetables in your soups, and um, also looking at whole grains. So even if you're following a gluten-free diet, you can still have whole grains. Um, Buckwheat and quinoa and brown rice are all great sources of fiber um, that are whole grain and gluten-free. And if you're not following a gluten-free diet, it's even easier because you can um, include, you know, barley and uh, loads of really tasty whole grains. Also, even on a gluten-free diet, you can have oatmeal. So just make sure that your oats are gluten-free and you can start your morning with a, with a tasty porridge um, of oatmeal. And you know what? Buckwheat and quinoa also make really lovely um, porridges. So those are all great ways to boost your fiber intake. And you can also um, mix some things in like uh, flaxseed or um, chia seeds or hemp hearts into your foods. And that gives you an extra boost of fiber as well as protein and healthy fats. So those things can be nice boosters to add into your smoothies, juices, soups, salads, um, all of those healthy foods. Um, The porridge sounds so good. And I bet that's something kids will eat as well. You know what? We took our kids to Costa Rica last year. We went and we homeschooled them in Costa Rica for three months. Mm -hmm. And before we went, they were eating cold cereal. Uh, And we talked to them to say, like, we're not going to be able to get all these cereals in Costa Rica, right? So we're going to have to be making an adjustment. And we did have hot cereal. We had porridge sometimes. But when we went down to Costa Rica, we had porridge every day. Like, And so when we came back to Canada, we kept porridge that tradition. So our kids have um, hot cereal every day and they can mix in some um, peanut butter or some coconut uh, or some a little bit of brown sugar just to make it super tasty and fun for them so they can have their own flavors. And they love doing it and they can prepare the porridge themselves. They know how to how to cook the porridge themselves. That's awesome. And do you have any of these recipes on your website? Where can people find out more? Well, I think I should be adding some porridge recipes on my website, actually. (laughs) I don't have any on there, but I think that's going to be my next plan. Awesome. You should. What is on your website? I know you have a blog. Yeah. So my website is pretty new, but it's developing. So I have a blog and also just ways to get in touch with me. And uh, I'm always putting up lots of um, information there about like tips on eating healthy. And of course, you can also find the information on the cleanse there too. Awesome. Okay. So tell everyone your website and how they can find you, stalk you on Facebook, Twitter, whatever social platforms you're on. Please. So uh, my website is PamelaFerguson.com. And on Facebook and Twitter, you'll find me at Dr. Pamela RD. And those are the best places to find me. Perfect. Okay. Thank you so much for being here, Pamela. Do you have any final parting words of advice? 
just eat plants and shine your light. Beautiful. That's a tweetable, everyone. Tweet it to Pamela. <laughs> tweet it to us at Food Heals Nation. Eat Short plants. and sweet. Thank you so much, Pamela. This was such a great podcast. Oh, thanks so much. Thanks for having me, guys. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This podcast is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Side effects of this podcast may include increased health and vitality, thoughts of living longer, developing a more positive outlook on life. In rare cases, women have experienced a strong desire to change their status update from hashtag blessed to hashtag OMG even more blessed than yesterday, hashtag loving life. If you experience any of these symptoms, make sure to tweet a Kardashian immediately.